0: The
1: Lord is in his holy temple, but all the earth keeps silence before him. Let us humbly confess our unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done The almighty and merciful lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins true repentance amendment of life and the grace and consolation of his holy spirit
2: amen
0: our father who art in heaven hallowed be
1: thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses praise ye the lord
2: the lord's name be praised
1: psalm 6 and 26 beginning on page
0: 348 o
1: lord rebuke me not in thine indignation neither chasten me in thy displeasure
2: have mercy upon me o lord for i am weak o lord heal me for my bones are vexed
1: my soul also is sore troubled But, Lord, how long wilt thou punish me?
2: Turn thee, O Lord, and deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake.
1: For in death no man remembereth thee, and who will give thee thanks in the pit?
2: I am weary of my groaning. Every night wash I my bed, and water my couch with my
1: tears. My beauty is gone for very trouble, and worn away because of all mine enemies.
2: Away from me, all ye that work iniquity. For the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping.
1: The Lord hath heard my petition. The Lord will receive my prayer.
2: All mine enemies shall be confounded and sore vexed. They shall be turned back and put to shame suddenly.
1: Psalm 26 Be thou my judge, O Lord, for I have walked innocently. My trust hath been also in the Lord, therefore I shall not fall
2: examine me o lord and prove me try out my reins and my heart
1: for thy loving kindness is ever before mine eyes and i will walk in thy truth
2: i have not dwelt with vain persons neither will i have fellowship with the deceitful
1: i have hated the congregation of the wicked and will not sit among the ungodly
2: i will wash my hands in innocency o lord and so will i go to thine altar
1: that I may show the voice of thanksgiving, and tell of all thy wondrous works.
2: Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house, in the place where thine honour dwelleth.
1: O shut not up my soul with the sinners, nor my life with the bloodthirsty.
2: In whose hands is wickedness, and their right hand is full of gifts.
1: But as for me, I will walk innocently. O deliver me, and be merciful unto me.
2: My foot standeth right. I will praise the Lord in the congregations.
1: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
2: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the eleventh chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a serving to seven, and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth, and if a tree falls to the south or the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it shall lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know what is the way of the wind, or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Truly, the light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man lives many years and rejoices in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. All that is coming is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these, God will bring you into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart, and put away evil from your flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. Here ends the first lesson.
1: My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end.
0: Amen. Here begins the
2: 25th verse of the 23rd chapter of the gospel of saint matthew woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence blind pharisee first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that the outside of them may be clean also woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous, and say, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets therefore you are witnesses against yourselves that you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets fill up then the measure of your father's guilt serpents brood of vipers how can you escape the condemnation of hell therefore indeed i send you prophets wise men and scribes some of them you will kill and crucify and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city That on on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Here ends the second lesson.
1: Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel.
2: For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety,
1: O God, may clean our hearts within us
2: and take not thy holy Spirit from us.
1: Grant we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people, pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve thee with a quiet mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen, O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed
0: Amen. Good evening to everyone.
1: Start our meditation tonight in the Psalms. Uh and Psalm six and twenty-six have a um kind of an interesting relationship to each other in the sense that Psalm six um is a penitential psalm it's asking for God's mercy, it's acknowledging frailty, um, it's ask, it's plea it's it's casting oneself in an in a trusting way on the help of the Lord. In the anticipation that God will vindicate the one who sort of uh, places himself humbly into His hands, um, and so that's S- Psalm six, but it stands in a bit of contrast, at least tonally, to Psalm twenty-six, which is a more confident, founding psalm. It is one that comes across with an assertion of innocency um, and saying, "I have stood upright in Your ways, Lord. Um, I have washed my hands in innocency. Um, you know, don't put me with the." the bloodthirsty or the wicked, the doers of wickedness, um, because I am, I'm set apart from them. I, I have, I have, I have preserved my innocence, um, which is always what the faithful, you know, and righteous person is called to do. And so there is a, there's a kind of, you know, we might detect initially a kind of dissonance between these two, both of them being the voice of the psalmist. Um, how can we sort of profess our frailty, even our, you know, uh, our need for great grace and mercy and forgiveness, um and you know and our our weakness and also you know assert that we stand upright and that we are innocent and that we have you know become uh, that we are pure before pure in the eyes of God and righteous in his sight therefore um he should you know uphold his promise to you know to to come to our defense and to you know push back those who oppose us um and there's this um you know there's this 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 pervades the whole psalter really because as you as you read the psalms you get this sense of you know, you wonder sometimes if the psalmist is not, you know, like two different people or if it's just reflecting, you know, two different kind of seasons of life. And it really, as we as we reflect it, the Psalter is meant to kind of be eventually see, taken in simultaneity. Um, it's it's a, it's, it, it's it's pulling out the different threads of the character of a worshiper and a sort of ideal worshiper in um, the different seasons and situations and occasions of life. Um, and and none of them really sort of contradict the other. Um, it's just that these things can coexist within one person. Um, and so the way we, we should read these two Psalms together tonight as it helps us to see through them as a lens to our readings um, is that, you know, these are two dispositions that one should really always carry with them, and particularly as we understand the Christian to be. Um, if, you know, in, as we have been made in Christ to live, um, there is a there is a kind of um, there there is an initial sense of dissonance, but then ultimately there is a sense of harmony in that dis- dissonance between two real things about us. One is um, there is a real truth to the fact that we are not yet as we are meant to be, um, and there is also at the same time a re- a real thing a real life that is within us that has been gifted to us um that is it is growing through through the lord's cultivation of it within us um into a glory um and so at the same time we are both as lewis comments in the weight of glory you know something you know that is that has the potential to be so glorious that it would it would it would require of us to worship it if we were to see it in full form now and something within us that is you know so potentially terrible um that if left unchecked and um unbounded and and unremitted by God's continual mercy, um, it would become something so horrible that it would just make us despair to look upon it. Um, and so, we're given a kind of merciful, merciful view, if sometimes a, a conflicted sense of ourselves, um, in that we can't really see the fullness of our glory. Neither can we see the fullness of the of our potential for for wickedness and brokenness and death. Um and so we're 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 left with these kind of um these partial forms of it that we're able to see. And this is where a lot of our life is lived, is in the the sense of conflict between these things. But they also hold each other in a healthy balance, too. They hold our our our, our sense of, as Ignatius of Loyola termed it, our sense of consolation and hope, and also our sense of desolation. These things um to hold both with an even hand kind of is what defines the uh, the healthy Christian life, the mature Christian life, um, to be able to acknowledge honestly our great frailty, um, our faults, our 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 sins, and our need for grace, um, at the same time not to, that, that 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 kind of um, our hope is, bridle[s] that sense of maybe shame or despair that could come about as a result of that, um, because God is working something glory and glorious in us as well and as we approach the wisdom of ecclesiastes that's really on display here in um in in its own way um the right the preacher of ecclesiastes is um you know recalling for us something that's been a continuous theme in the book which is the inevitability of dying that within us is something frail and what he calls vanity something um, with a a temporary sense of substance to it that is um, easily dissolved easily dispersed and easily scattered um that is one of our great problems is that we are we have we are we exist in a kind of continuous condition of frailty um that um that we are even though we may you know we we have a kind of relative glory that we perceive amongst uh, other people who share in this condition um before god and before even the ancientness of the of the world that god made um we're like what what the preacher continually calls like a breath a breath that is, that is you know, that that lingers for a moment and then kind of disperses to the wind. Um, And so having that in continual remembrance is important for retaining a sense of sanity in the world. Uh, To depart from that is to uh, fashion oneself as way more invincible than one is. Um, And this is the beginning of a lot of different kinds of different problems of the soul and, and problems of behavior. Um, to think that we are more than we are, um, or other than we are, is to live in a delusional uh, world, which is is what wisdom stands over and against. Really, you have in the mind of and in the imagination of the Old Testament, you have the wisdom, which is a, a sort of a way of narrating reality, and then you have delusion on all sides of it in all kinds of different forms as one departs further out from it. And so... The Ecclesiastes writer, on the other hand, though, doesn't let us just it doesn't invoke a kind of despondency from us, Um, even though he recalls for us continually the desolation that comes with acknowledging that we must certainly die. Right. As we've spent the last three days of Hallowtide reflecting on. Nevertheless, he says, you know, but but God has also graced the world with um, with with little joys and with beauty um, and with um, consolations um in the midst of this as well he hasn't left us bereft of those things and it is not wrong to take joy in those things even though we have this problem that sits underneath the surface of our lives this problem of vanity which is really the problem of death and so he says you you can't um let the the inevitability of our of our decline and our death um you know cause you to call evil what god has made good Um, And so it calls it calls us again into a kind of tensioned space here where we have to where it is meet and right to enjoy the beauties of life and the delights of life um, as God has made them beautiful and delightful, um, while at the same time not being fooled into thinking that, you know, in a kind of. Um, you know, in a kind of whimsical way that this somehow has done away with the the reality of death. But neither can we be the people who are so like fixated on mortality that we, we, we forget that, you know, God has made things beautiful in their season. Um, and even if they eventually come to winter, uh, that does not mean that they were not in spring and summer and fall prior to that. And so we have to acknowledge all of reality. And that is wisdom to take uh, the things that are difficult along with the things that are delightful. Um, and this is Jesus's main critique about the lack of wisdom in, his, in the scribes and Pharisees, because they have presented themselves as people of wisdom, of God's wisdom, that can lead others in wisdom. And what he points out with them in this, in this series of, of, of woes that he pronounces over them is that they've neither been people who had the humility to admit they were frail neither have they actually been people who enjoyed life they actually kept people from enjoying good things and they didn't actually call them to humility and so they're kind of like the inverse of the person of wisdom as the preacher of ecclesiastes would say they they thought more of themselves than they were so they did not keep they did not remember their death as the christian proverb goes uh, but neither did they uh, neither did would they allow people to actually just enjoy life they kept putting all this restrictive kind of rules over it. And so they ruined everybody's chance at moderate fun, and they also didn't lead them into any kind of deeper piety, righteousness, or humility. So they're just kind of the worst in this way. And so Jesus, who is coming to call all to the fullness, to a life, uh, to an abounding life, to a flourishing life, um, is again calling them to himself um, in in a kind of wisdom that will, from the heart outward, uh, that will uh, transform them again it will it will resolve ultimately the problem of death, so that the good delights of God's good world will be magnified in their delightfulness and will not be inflected any more by that problem of death um, but he this is why he takes such such heavy aim on people that are barring the way to that um, because they're not even offering a kind of tenuous consolation like the preacher of Ecclesiastes would. They're not offering any consolation, and in fact, they're standing in the way of reaching someone who not only will not only offer them a temporary consolation, but an ultimate fulfilling and lasting consolation. And so that, as we as we sort of get to the passion narrative tonight, remember that what Jesus is about to accomplish in the passion is this thing. It is to resolve the problem of vanity in the human condition so that our condition will will be made strong again as God made for it to be to be able to stand firm under the trial, but then also to stand stand with joy and jollity in the midst of delights as well, and to allow us to enjoy all those things and to stand fast in them to the fullest. And we'll turn now
0: to our intercession on page 590.
1: Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here tonight, and thanks to Aaliyah, my co-leader tonight. Hope you have a wonderful uh, evening and start to your weekend. Thank,
2: Thank you, Father, yeah. Have a great weekend. Thank
0: yeah. you, Thank, for you. Thank you so much. Good everybody. Night. Bye.